right. Friends, I am going to ask you to turn to page, what is it, 1629. Page 1629 in our Bibles. We have been talking about the kingdom of God. After Easter, after the resurrection of Jesus, we read in the book of Acts that Jesus showed himself to his disciples and spoke with them about the kingdom of God for 40 days. And so we are doing that for the 40 days after Easter. We are thinking about the kingdom. And so, Lord, guide us as we study the scriptures, as we hear the words of Jesus. It's the best way to be a follower of Jesus is to listen and do and obey and and to take his words into our lives. Lord, help us to do that now as we read this portion of your holy word. And we pray this in his glorious name. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 17. We're going to begin down on verse 20 and it'll carry over to the next page. You see the heading there, the coming of the kingdom of God. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not go running off after them. For the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord, they asked. He replied, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Well, that's pretty clear and straightforward, isn't it? I guess there's nothing else to add. Why don't we just close in prayer and move on? Mm. What is going on here? I chose the passage on purpose to illustrate a tension 
that we see in Scripture. There's a tension when we think about and, and as we read about the kingdom. Jesus speaks of the kingdom as already here. The kingdom of God is in your midst. But then he speaks about the kingdom as something that is not yet here. And, and so which is it? Is it here or, or not here? Yes. <laughs> yes. There's an already and not yet quality or reality to the kingdom. So let's begin with the Pharisees. And it might be helpful if you, if you keep the, the Bibles uh, open. And so Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. That's the larger context. In just a, a little bit, he'll be entering into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday. And so the Pharisees ask him a question about the kingdom. They sense the energy. They sense something's going on. And so they're curious. We don't know exactly if they're asking out of faith or if they're asking out of doubt and testing him. Usually the Pharisees are testing. They're trying to find out where he comes down on an issue, trying to trap him and play gotcha. And so the Pharisees ask a question, when the kingdom of God would come? And, and so he replies that the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. It's not something that gets calculated out. The, the warning signs, the indicators, the, the mileposts are, are not, way, not there the way you might think they are because they're there's an understanding that there would be clear indications when the kingdom of God is ready to be there. And they're trying to see where he lines up on that belief. But he says, in fact, the kingdom is in the midst of you. It's among you. Some translations you might read will say within you, but these are not believing people and so I don't know that that's I think this is a more faithful rendering of the original language the kingdom of God is in the midst of you it it's already here hmm. for, for those who may be looking for signs and indicators um, the, the kingdom snuck up and it has already begun to be among you how could that be? Everybody knows when the kingdom comes that it's going to be flashes and dramatic expressions like we read in the second half of this portion. Where you have the king, there you have the kingdom. The Pharisees do not yet recognize Jesus as king, do they? And so the kingdom kind of snuck up on them. Jesus among them, healing, restoring the, the, the blind receiving sight, the lame walking, the deaf hearing, the forgiveness of sins being declared. And of course, the Pharisees are aghast about that. Who is he that forgives sins? Only God can forgive sins. The kingdom is in your midst. And so they missed the coming of the kingdom because they missed that Jesus is the king. They missed that Jesus is Messiah. 
So there is a sense in which the kingdom of God has already begun on earth. When Jesus was born, the king came. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us. And so this is the already sense of the kingdom. But then he turns to his disciples. The time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man. Son of Man is shorthand for the Messiah. That had come to be understood within uh, Judaism to speak of the Son of Man and the coming of the Son of Man is to speak of the coming of Messiah. So one of Jesus' favorite designations of himself. The time is coming. There's a future reality that Jesus now begins to, to speak of. This is the not yet quality of the kingdom. The time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man because the disciples themselves were eager for the coming of the kingdom. They themselves maybe hadn't fully understood this. So they're overhearing this uh, uh, interrogation by the Pharisees that the kingdom is in the midst. And they're like, yeah, we knew that. But they who have begun to follow and embrace Jesus to take his words into their lives, they need to know that there's more to the story. So the Pharisees who don't recognize that they need to be confronted with the truth that the kingdom is already here. The disciples who have begun to embrace Jesus as king... They need to understand that there's more to the story that's unfolding. You who recognize me and embrace me, you need not get caught up in speculating and predicting either. People will tell you, there he is, here he is, don't go running off, off after them. Don't get caught thinking that the kingdom of God is all about bossing people around and being in charge and flexing your muscles on all the bad guys. We talked about this last week, if you recall. Unless you become as little children. <laughs> you see, the, 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 the disciples certainly thought that Jesus is bringing in the kingdom. But the kingdom that they were thinking of was not the kingdom that he was bringing. And so he goes on and says, but, uh, but first the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. That the disciples had no concept. They didn't understand that Messiah must suffer. They think Messiah comes in and brings the kingdom and all of a sudden all the bad guys are taken care of and it's a, it's a, it's a flex of muscles. There's a lot more that has to happen before the kingdom comes finally, fully, and forever. And then he tells two stories and this is where we start to scratch our heads a little bit and go, Wow, what is he talking about? Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. And then he tells the story of Lot. In both of these scenarios, there 
uh, eating and, and drinking and, and getting married and, and they're planting and building. They're getting on with their lives. People had no concern for the things of God. In, in the time of Noah and the time of Lot, they, they were so absorbed in their own lives, in their own little worlds, that they didn't recognize what God was about and what God was about to do. And without warning, like a lightning that crack, flash, and you know, snaps across the sky. The kingdom is not yet here in its fullest and final expression. We can say that, right? But when it comes, Jesus warns, there will be no time to prepare. And so, be about the things of God when you can. Be about the things of God, <laughs> lest... One be in, two be in bed and one taken and one left. Lest two be uh, at work grinding at the mill and, and one be left and the other is taken. And so there, there is this suddenness when, when the kingdom of God comes finally, fully and forever and it will come. You best be ready. Where the vultures gather together, there will be the dead body. It's kind of a fun, it's just an old proverb that we, it's not part of our culture. You'll know it when you see it. You know when the vultures are circling around. It, it, our version is, where there's smoke, there's fire. That's our version of the parable. Where the vultures are, you know there's a dead body. When the kingdom comes finally, fully, and forever, you're going to know it. There's going to be no questions. You're not going to be speculating. Is it here? Is it now? Is it then? And it'll be too late. And so the kingdom has begun, it is in your midst, King Jesus has come, but it is not yet fully consummated. And so Jesus has begun to restore and reconcile all things through his life, his death, his resurrection. But the kingdom's not yet consummated, right? We, we know that, just look at our lives and our world. And so, I think that the force of this passage and, and the force for those of us who read it centuries after these words were spoken, get right now. Get right with God now. Embrace King Jesus now. For where the King is, there you have the kingdom. But you must embrace Him as He is and see... This is the challenge. The Pharisees didn't recognize him as king. The disciples recognized him as king, but they had the wrong understanding of what King Jesus does. They didn't have room for a king who dies for his people and then rises in power. And so we embrace the king for who he is, not necessarily who we might want him to be. Which makes me ask the question when we pray with the children week by week when you pray in your home week by week day by day thy kingdom come what are we praying you ever thought about that are we praying for the kingdom to come as if it has not begun because there's a lot of us that think the kingdom is only out in the future no the kingdom's already here 
And so we pray thy kingdom come. It has already come in the person and work of Jesus Christ, in his, his life, his teachings, his death, his resurrection, his commissioning a people and setting aside a people as, as the church. But there is a fullness yet to come when the reign and rule of Jesus, where every knee, how did we say it in our call to worship from Philippians 2? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee doesn't bow to Jesus yet. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Every tongue doesn't confess that Jesus is Lord yet. And so there is yet a fullness of the kingdom that awaits. So when we pray thy kingdom come, let me just say this. I'm going to foreshadow something to talk in a couple weeks. One thing we must be sure that we are not asking when we say thy kingdom come. We are not asking for a takeover of the kingdoms of the earth. We are not seeking for Christians to take the political uh, levers of control in our society or every society. That is not, the kingdom of God is not the, like the kingdoms of the world. We've already studied that. Both the religious right and the religious left make this mistake thinking the government is how the kingdom of God will come and fix everything. And so to tr try to get the, the, the levers of control. And so, let's save that for another day. When we pray thy kingdom come, we are asking, if you pray that prayer, and I think you just did, I want King Jesus in my life. Thy kingdom come to my life, to our lives to my domestic church, to my home, to my marriage, to my children, to my family, to my work. I want to live under the gracious reign and rule of Jesus Christ. I want my knee to bow before Jesus. I want my tongue to confess that he is Lord. I want my lives and my, my words and my actions and everything I'm about to acknowledge before others that he is the king of my life and I am a glad subject of that kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life. But we're also praying that there will be a greater influence of King Jesus in this world, in the church, through the church, not just Greenwich Church, but all the churches everywhere, even to the farthest corners of the world. May there be a greater influence and a flourishing of the church of Jesus Christ, which is his body on earth, the presence of Jesus May there be a greater proclamation of Jesus Christ and the salvation and grace he offers. May, may there be a greater expression of a cup of cold water given in Jesus' name to others. May there be greater sacrificial love and service like we find in our King. I have given you an example of how you should love others by the way I've loved you. And may there be a greater expression of the ready offer of forgiveness in Jesus' name. In a world that, that, that tries to bring about change by revenge and retaliation, we offer a, a different way. We, we offer a turned cheek. We offer a second mile. We offer a coat when they ask for our our shirt, we, we live differently. And so, 
So when we're praying, thy kingdom come, we're, we're recognizing that it's here and I want it in my life and I want it in our lives. And, and yet we're, we're also praying that this world would be ready and that we would be ready because when it comes finally, fully and forever, it will be as in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. It will be like a lightning crash and a, and a flash and across the sky and boom, it will be. And so, we go out of here today into a new week. Let me challenge you to bend the knee of your life in everything to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And let me invite you to confess with your mouth, with your words, that your words reflect the grace and truth that we find in Jesus as Lord. Amen? And amen. Lord, make it so. With so many distractions and diversions in our world, Lord, may we never be those caught off guard as in the days of Noah or Lot, so consumed with our own lives, with our own affairs that we do not consider the affairs of the kingdom. May your kingdom grow in each of our lives. May your kingdom and influence of Jesus grow through our lives here at Greenwich and with our sister churches that we might be faithful witnesses of this gracious kingdom of Jesus. For we pray in his holy name and all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and